Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the debut episode of the Qadawid podcast. My name is Sara and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Aisha and Noor. How are you guys doing? Assalamu alaikum, Sara. Alhamdulillah. I'm good. How are you, Noor? Wassalam, alhamdulillah. I'm also well. How are you guys? How are you feeling? Good, alhamdulillah. How are you feeling about recording our very first episode? Um, excited, I guess. A little nervous, but I think, alhamdulillah, I've been really looking forward to chatting with you guys and taking our discussions out to all of our readers and everyone who's part of the Qarawin Project community. So, inshallah, this is a great next step. Inshallah. Yeah, yeah I'm also feeling a little nervous but like excited and I think that the fact that we found a time to all record at the same time like being in three different um time zones is a sign of baraka in itself so alhamdulillah um but you mentioned just now the Qarween project uh so for anyone who is listening and isn't aware this is the Qarween podcast but it is part of a larger project Aisha you're actually the founder and currently uh editor-in-chief of the Qarween project can you give us kind of an origin story of how it all started. Yeah, sure. So the Qarawin Project is the new name for the Muslim Diaries, which is a platform that was started two years ago by myself and some sisters in London. And it was basically, uh, the objective was to have a platform that was dedicated to reviving Islamic discourse, specifically amongst Muslim women. Because alhamdulillah, we, there are so many amazing platforms, websites, magazines, shows, podcasts even, that facilitate discussions between brothers. And it's not that they exclude sisters, but I think that the benefit of having a specific space for Muslim women to come and discuss things from their perspective, but most importantly from an Islamic perspective, was really lacking. So we launched the Muslim Diaries two years ago to try and fill that gap. And alhamdulillah, it's been a great success since then. And we've had lots of articles on our site from Muslim women around the world on important issues really, really take off and start some important discussions uh, online and in our local community. And then the Qarawin project was a way to sort of just learn, I think, and, and develop of what we'd achieved from what we'd achieved over the past two years uh, and change the name to reflect perhaps a broader focus on issues that are not solely related to Muslim women, but still honour the spirit of discussing things from an Islamic perspective. Yeah, so Aisha, you're based in London. Noor, how is it that you came to meet Aisha and get involved in the project as well? Um, So I'm originally from Turkey and I was studying abroad in the U.S., while I was studying abroad in the U.S., I went to London for a year and I was studying at SOAS with Aisha. Uh, that's how we met. We met at ISOC. So ISOC is Islamic Society for those who are from states or not UK. Um, so we were always like ranting about the lack of like a platform where Muslim women can discuss all sorts of issues, not only... Um, identity problems or presentation issues, but we can actually talk about politics, economics. So we were like, no, as Muslims, as Muslim women, we can have a say in everything. Um, And having said that, it's just a disclaimer um, that we are not scholars. We are not here to issue fatwas. We are not sources of authority in any shape or form. Um, What we hope to hope to 
do through this project is um, that hopefully like what we talk about here um, inspires other people to seek knowledge themselves. Um, and this is our greater goal. And um, so we are not going to be here judging people or passing um, what counts as Islamic or what doesn't. But we believe Muslims and Muslim women can have a say in world affairs, basically. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned um, the thing about talking about different issues as a Muslim woman's platform, um, because I think that what we end up doing a lot of the time is, um, and not to blame folks who do this, but we see a lot of platforms that are run exclusively by Muslim men, um, not just podcasts, but, you know, media websites, uh, writing books, you know, any like type of initiative that's trying to um, distribute information to the community at large, they end up being dominated by men. Um, I don't think out of like any ill intention, but then people will say things like, well, there's no women's voice being represented in these initiatives, in these projects. Um, we need women's voices to also be involved in talking about these issues because a lot of these platforms, even if they're dominated by men, they're not just speaking about issues that pertain exclusively to men. They're speaking about issues that um, are relevant to the entire community. So what ends up happening a lot of the time is that Muslim women or women in any community who face this issue will start a platform, but then we relegate ourselves to just speaking about um, issues that are very specific to Muslim women um, instead of, you know, the original goal, which was to talk about these community-wide issues that pertain to everybody, um, but also like including the women's perspective. Um, and I think that the name, the new name, <laughs> the Qarawin Project, um, speaks a lot to that. So Noor, can you give us a little bit of a background story? So like why we even changed the name and why we picked that name? Um, so Al-Qarawiyin is the oldest higher education institution in the world. And it was started by a Muslim woman, Fatima Al-Fahri. Um, and we just wanted to build on the tradition because we wanted to, sh first of all, um, remind Muslim women that we have a tradition, we have um, legacies of Muslim women who did great things, uh, Fatima, Fatima is for her being one, um, so that we, we don't need to limit ourselves to uh, being um, fashion bloggers or YouTubers or not that there is anything wrong with these things depending on how it's done of course but um, we just like the definition of successful Muslim woman doesn't necessarily have to be those things so we thought um, having Fatima Fahri in front of us as an exemplary Muslim woman and as well as um, Karavin being the highest educational institution, because part of the Karavin, the purpose of the Karavin project is to actually inspire people to seek knowledge. And um, so we are hoping to be some sort of an educational platform. So that fits with our vision as well. Yeah, I think Noor's done a great job of describing you know, our inspiration and, and our name change, mashallah. Um, I would also just add, though, to what you as well were saying, Sara, about how, you know, oftentimes when as we as Muslim women, we are really relegated to certain conversations. And these tend to sort of generally be about us almost having to always explain ourselves and prove our ourselves, particularly in, in the post 9-11 era with Muslim women, often as a result of the hijab, 
being the most evident symbol of Islam in the West. And whilst these are really important discussions that do need to be had, as Noor said, we are capable of talking about so much more. And it's within our tradition that Muslim women also do speak about more. It's actually more of something, I would argue, that we have seen in, in the Western world, where when you look at sort of what are traditionally considered women's magazines or women's platforms, they talk about fashion, food, lifestyle, family, and these are all important things. But when you look at men's magazines or, or, or newspapers or, or whatever they may be, they will be more politics heavy. They will talk about business. They will talk about current affairs. They will talk about culture and the arts, perhaps more so even than these women's uh, magazines and platforms would do. And this is a divide that is not from our deen. Rather, we, are, we know in Islam that we are actually instructed to both men and women aid each other in talking about these issues for the purpose of spreading Islam. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses both men and women multiple times. Whenever Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, and I'm sure we can all think of ayahs that start with this, Allah is addressing those of us who believe. That includes men and women. And consequently, our, our, our responsibility as Muslims to share this guidance to the world and to look at the current problems and challenges that we are facing and think, what does Islam have to say about this? This is a responsibility that falls on us as well. And inshallah, as Noor said, you know, we hope that this can inspire people to play a more active role in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as we're having this conversation about um, who is spearheading these platforms um, and the identities of these folks spearheading these platforms, specifically now we're talking about gender. Um, I also want to mention that, and I think I can safely speak for everyone here when I say that none of us subscribe to the view that you have to represent a certain identity to speak about certain issues or that um, your identity instantly validates your opinion on something. Yeah, um, and this is definitely something that like we want to just be critical of um, when we are, whether we're producing podcasts or writing, the fact that we are Muslim women does not, or any identity mm -hmm. background that like you claim, that doesn't instantly make your opinion valid. And this is something that is like so symptomatic of our generation. Um, you, I think one thing that I can say that like is positive about um, our generation is that like, you can't say that millennials are not socially conscious or that they're politically apathetic in any way. Um, but I will say that that does not mean that your opinion is valid. The fact that you care, the yeah. fact that you come from a certain background, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that, um, and this is why, like, speaking about these issues, it doesn't just matter if you're um, a Muslim woman, if you're an underrepresented minority in any way, shape, or form. That doesn't mean that, like, you're necessarily bringing a better perspective to the table. Um, and inshallah, we'll be able to, like, maintain this ethos of whatever we talk about, the reason that, um, um, the perspective that we are trying to bring is specifically talking about these things from an Islamic lens. Um, and you're not, it doesn't necessitate that you come from a certain background in order to do that. What it does necessitate is being knowledgeable um, about the Islamic tradition, about um, not necessarily like being an alam, but understanding um, the origins of, you know, a lot of like the, the scholarship that we have today, the systems that we have in place um, and applying the, an Islamic lens to those things. Um, but when I say things like, you know, we have to use an Islamic perspective, I'm also implying that there are other perspectives that um, you could be using. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and this is also something that I hope that um, like we can maintain throughout this um, 
initiative is to be as explicit as possible about like terms um, and issues that we're talking about. So I'll like the first thing that comes to mind for me when I say that, like, you know, there are perspectives other than the Islamic one. First thing is like secularism, for example. So you can approach um, the same social issues, the same political issues that we um, are hoping to address from a like completely secular lens. Um, and it does like it. I think it doesn't necessarily contradict an Islamic lens. Um, and the fact like I'm saying that not because um, not only because it's problematic, but because so many Muslims do it without realizing it. Yeah. So as you said, Sarah, um, it's not like I think this is like a very important point that we need to like emphasize and pro- probably we'll be discussing this further in our like next episodes at some point about um like who gets to speak about what and like what is like what does our tradition say like says about it so in our tradition we have like i can be a muslim but i can be totally like not knowledgeable about islam and that does not qualify me to represent an islamic perspective in any platform um that's because in our tradition like your gender doesn't have to do with your epistemology um we have different criteria like where do you get your knowledge from and uh, what are your sources of knowledge and like who you studied with and we ask different kinds of questions um when it comes to like who gets the authority to speak about what uh especially i mean uh, it's different when you're talking about um scholarly matters or when you're talking about like social matters um, but that's like a very important point, and that's, I believe that's also something, um, something very defining about us and our project as well. What kind of epistemology we follow, um, as opposed to the secular epistemology, especially the postmodern epistemology, where um, your identity uh, grants you the right to speak on behalf of your community. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we do not subscribe to that at all, mm-hmm. and just wanted to like say that. I hope yeah. we could like pin what we say in the first episode somewhere so that people could listen to it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, Nord. Coming off of that, I think you've made a really valid point about making sure ma- making it clear that yeah, you know, although people might have different perspectives on issues. Inshallah, what the project aims to do is uphold the Islamic perspective on every issue, because as Muslims, that should be our first port of call, that we, when we faced with a challenge, we look at all of the different aspects of this problem, but then we think, what does Islam have to say about this, and try and break it down, and find a solution, and look for solutions, because chances are, if you've encountered a problem, other people will have encountered it as well, and thought about it from Islam also. But I also just wanted to come back to something that you were saying, Sarah, about representation. And you're right. I don't think any of us are subscribing to the mentality that representation for the sake of representation is any kind of positive thing. And definitely the idea that just because we are women, we, we deserve to be heard on some of these issues is definitely not what we're advocating. But I think that that's why I was talking earlier about the fact that for me, this project definitely stems from the fact that it is an Islamic obligation for all of us as men and women to be vocal on these things and to invest ourselves in this deen, not only for the sake of achieving some minor change if we can help the world in any in any in any particular way, but for our own akhirah, 
and consider this as actual ibadah, as something that we are doing for the sake of Allah to show our love for him and recognize his sovereignty. When we concede our actions and, and our thoughts to that which Allah has told us, that is a manifestation of our tawheed. And I think that this is why, you know, the project is really aimed at allowing Muslim women in a space that they feel comfortable with to talk about these things. But definitely, as you said, not just some kind of token representation because, you know, there's too many men's platforms out there. No kind of um, angry, ang- angry women here, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> a little angry, but um, I speak for myself in that regard. Thank you for um, mentioning this, like, the fact that like our underlying purpose is always looking towards the akhirah and understanding that as like our eternal resting place right um and in order for us to like maintain that perspective that also requires that our audience holds us accountable um and i i just want to take this opportunity to mention that to the folks listening please participate in this even though like we're recording these podcasts and then sharing them with y'all um there's definitely opportunities for you to discuss with us on social media um, especially on Facebook and Twitter, um, and to like send us, you know, like either your thoughts on what we spoke about, things that you think we should speak about, guests that you think we should bring on. Um, so I definitely encourage folks to participate in the conversation. And uh, we don't want to just like be speaking at you. We'd like to speak with you guys as much as possible, as much as possible, inshallah. And one more thing on um, this whole like discussion about representation um, and identity. One thing I will mention, um, even though like absolutely no i'm so glad you thank you for using the word epistemology (laughs) and also uh thank you for mentioning that like we can have like your epistem your gender does not determine your epistemology like no part of your identity determines it necessarily um and like islam is you know uh it's we can call let's call it an epistemology islam is an epistemology for all places all times all people um but the one thing that like for example your gender or your identity or your background does bring to the conversation is experience um, and anecdotal evidence, as much flack as it gets, it totally shapes conversations, it shapes debates, it shapes our perspective. So um, I will like give credit to that, that experience does have um, an important role to play in, um, in all the conversations that we're having. Um, but on that topic, like, uh, I think it's funny kind of how <laughs> the people on this podcast, if you put us together, like in a room or something, like we kind of represent you know those like college brochures that um have like a diversity shop yeah like because like, we all come from um, different places alhamdulillah and like we incidentally met um in istanbul and that was like like so fortunate alhamdulillah that we were able to meet um but this is a conversation that we kind of have like we've been having on and off since we met in istanbul and that's the concept of the omatic and that's like umma as an adjective aisha i want to hear you talk about this because you have interesting thoughts on it Oh, okay. Well, you've set the standard a little bit high with that now. But no, I think it's brilliant, alhamdulillah, that as you said, you know, we come from different parts of the world. I'm in London, Nord's in Istanbul, you're in California. And that we originally all hail from different ethnic backgrounds. And I think that this is something that's really lacking in the world at the moment, where we as Muslims all around the world have been really bogged down by this ideas of nationalism and increasingly sort of even more within our own ethnic minorities. And in the West, we are seen as, you know, diaspora minorities within particular countries. And as a result, we've become, we've narrowed ourselves down to just think about the concerns of our immediate local community 
or at most, you know, the people in our country, or perhaps then at most stretching it, you know, the people in our countries from from back home originally, say. But subhanAllah, this is something that as 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 brothers and sisters in the deen, we should be caring about the situations of Muslims across the globe. And more than just let's make dua for them, you know, in Ramadan or at the end of our salah, or or, or let's share something about what's happening to the Uyghur Muslims in, in China on Facebook. Like, we need to have a genuine concern that extends to looking at these issues in, in, in detail, because for, for many, in many cases, that's all we can give. We, all we can give is our time. But they deserve that, at least, that we are invested in finding out what's happening to them, looking at what Islam has to say about some of these problems, and think about what can we do to try and help them in, in any situations that we can. That obviously extends to things like charity and dua, but it also can be, in, in some minor way, thinking and talking about these problems and, and, and looking at what other contribution we can make, be it in our profession or in our activism or in any other form of dawah that we are involved in. And, 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 and I think, you know, just definitely bring back this idea of us being one body. Rasulullah described his ummah as one body within the hadith talking about how if one part of it hurts, the rest of it shakes with pain and restlessness. And, you know, oftentimes the, the, this this hadith is given a lot in, in talks, you hear it a lot, but when we really ponder on, on what that hadith means, but when just one part of you is, is, is in pain or has some kind of problem, the rest of you can't sleep, you can't function, you can't do anything. And for us to really embody what Rasulullah is describing, we should be having that concern that, oh my God, something is happening to the ummah, Let's dedicate all of our attention to try and solve this because we can't just function as normal. We can't just be happy people living our lives without without trying at the very least to do something. And I think that that is why on, on the Qarawiyan Project website, we have a section called State of the Ummah, which is dedicated to looking at things that are going on across the Muslim world. Uh, and, you know, as you said as well, this is not just a discussion that we have amongst ourselves. We welcome contributions from sisters uh, who are in these countries or who are just interested to try and shed some more light on this situation. And, and, and yeah, inshallah, involve that in, in our discussions. Yeah, thank you for speaking about that. And this concept of um, fostering connections like across the globe and really con- being able to conceptualize yourself as part of a global ummah I think this is so important for like the reasons that you mentioned um, like being aware of you know the pain and like the suffering and just like anything that folks across the world are experiencing who are part of our ummah being really closely connected to those issues um, and like seeing them as our problem like um, and this is something that like is really frustrating to hear sometimes when we hear folks talking about like you know the Uyghurs in East Turkestan or like Palestine for example people saying things like you know this is like trying to paint those things as like nationalistic struggles rather than Islamic ones ones that like Muslims need to be concerned about um, but in addition to that being like aware of yourself as a member of a global ummah even though, you know, we're talking about like how you can use that to help other people, it also really helps you and it helps you put your own life, your own problems into perspective. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is something that like, again, I've learned so much just from like being able to like speak with y'all is it really makes me aware um, of my own situation. And like, just as an example, when I see um, the things that Aisha is involved in in the UK or the like programs that um, Noor helps run in Istanbul, it sets like a whole nother standard for me in terms of like what Islamic institutions can look like and should look like. 
Um, and it makes me think about like, why isn't my community performing the way that um, there's are, or why aren't we holding ourselves to the same standard? And in addition to that, it um, puts my issues into perspective because a lot of times like, and we have this really bad habit of, at least I, I know I do, um, I'll speak for myself in that regard, of just complaining about like, why is the community like this? Why are Muslims like this? Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Um, and when you, sometimes you, like I, we will take those issues and extrapolate them to like, like we think that these are like civilizational problems and like the whole Oma is doomed because of them. But when you're aware of like what's going on globally, mm-hmm. it makes you realize like now nah, that's like a local issue. Um, it's not as big of a deal as I may think it is. Um, but inshallah, that's something that like we'll be able to foster like through these conversations is to recognize and contextualize like the issues that we're dealing with. If we recognize commonalities and the issues we're dealing with across countries, um, then like maybe we can learn like different solutions for dealing with them. Um, it also like, you know, it just like it gives you um, a new way to look at the things that you're dealing with and hopefully be able to deal with them more effectively. Um, as Aisha pointed out, um, we know this hadith from Prophet where he said, whoever of you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he's not able to do that, um, then let him change it with his tongue. And then if he's not able to do so, um, then with his heart. And that's the weakest of faith. And um, hopefully what we do here by discussing these issues, um, we are not we won't be doing the most preferable one that is changing with our hands. But to to move to that level, I think conversations are vital Mm -hmm. because in order, we first need to be aware of the problems and have some sort of vision or have some sort of approach to them. So, um, inshallah, we hope to... um, fulfill that second step that will inspire people to take action uh, in Muslims matters and um, regarding what Sarah said about um, like being connected to different Muslims around the world um, it's just so helpful and it saves your energy and mental health uh, because sometimes if we feel like Oh, like our like MSA problems or our ISAR problems are the problems of Ummah. But then you realize that there are billions of Muslims around the world and um, they've got like more pressing problem that problems than those. And it's just like it's very humbling, to say the least. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Noah. I think that's actually a really beautiful note um, on which to end. So we're gonna wrap up our first episode here. Um, you can keep up with us on social media. Our Facebook page is The Qarawin Project. On Twitter, we're just at Qarawin Proj. That's Qarawin, P-R-O-J. Um, and then, of course, all of our articles and publications are on our main website, qarawinproject.co. Um, let us know if this podcast is not available on a platform that you would like it to be. Just let us know on any of our social media platforms, um, and we'll try to get it to you there, inshallah. With that, jazakumullah khairan for listening. Assalamu alaikum. Stay tuned.